If, like me, you've spent time on the wonderful network of footpaths that allow us to get really close to the British countryside, you may have noticed how the style of hedgerows varies from county to county. It's said the traditional art of hedge laying has been practised here since the Roman invasion. I went back to my childhood village of Withcote in Leicestershire to speak to an expert. My name is Bobby Twydale and you're listening to the Walking and Talking podcast. Today I'm walking and talking in the Leicestershire countryside, completing a circular walk from Lawn Abbey across country to Withcote and back again. And I'm joined by Gillian Wood. Hello. And her lovely dog Buzz, Black Labrador. And en route we're going to be stopping off to chat with 82-year-old countryman Jim Ward, who's worked the farmland at Withcote for over 70 years. So we're starting and finishing the day today at Lawn Abbey. As you can hear, it's really set in the most beautiful, peaceful countryside. So we're going to set on across the um, parkland in front of the abbey and head up to Withcote along the road and then later on we'll become Buzz, come on, we'll be coming back across the fields. We've walked out of the park in front of the abbey and we're going past the, what we assume were fishing lakes for um the abbey behind them is a nice house it's like a big deep hole in the ground um very very dark and we used to terrify ourselves as children <laughs> daring to go in there must have taken ice from the lakes i guess to put in the ice house yeah i would think so oh so the hamlet of uh Whiskers sits at the bottom of a big hill and we've just climbed up a very steep hill out of the hamlet and we're looking out across the parkland towards Whiskers hall and uh, we're just going to make our way to some land owned by Jim Ward, a local countryman who's been living and farming here his whole life. Hello, I'm uh, Jim Ward and um, only 82 years old and um, I've been on this land all my life. I was born on it. How long have you been hedge laying then, Jim? Uh, 73 years. Crikey. And who taught you to hedge lay? My dad. He gave me a billock when I was nine years old and he said, go and lay that bit of edge behind the fuel tanks like that. It was only thin stuff. So I laid it, but it died, of course, as it would. <laughs> what, what's a billhook? So, it's a blade with a with a sharp hook on the top, <laughs> which is another blade as well. So for a nine-year-old, that was quite a weapon, wasn't it? <laughs> yes, it was. You can, if you don't use it properly, catch your face. Yeah. So you, you must have watched your dad or your brothers doing oh, yes. it to, to know what, yeah, what yeah. you were doing yeah yeah well i think dad taught us all initially he laid hedge to stop the cattle yeah basically and sheep and cattle and as long as it bunged the gap up did the job yeah we didn't have to fence it and my dad was just like that <laughs> yeah. there was not a lot of artistry in his hedge laying no, but it but served it worked. a purpose yeah, yeah. yeah as long as he got it down flowing up and the gap. Yeah, and I hadn't realised there are lots of different styles of hedge laying. We follow the, the Midlands style yep. um, because of the history of this being a cattle area. So if you go further south or north, um, it has a different top on because it, they didn't have the, the cattle in the area. That we, you know, We're a traditional um, grassland cattle area historically. Mm. Okay, so mm. it needs to be more robust, basically. So, yes. Yeah, the top needs to be very robust. And it's usually a stronger hedge, isn't it? Yeah. So you've got really strong layers. Yeah. The beast can breast against it. Yeah. But down south, they lay it 
so that the brush goes both sides. If you probably know. Yeah. And then the brush covers both sides and it covers the stumps and the, and the new growth comes straight up the middle. Right. So that tends to keep your sheep off it. Yeah. I wanted to hear more about the process of hedge laying and why such an ancient art is still relevant today. What do you actually do to lay a hedge? I've seen um, hedge trimmers behind tractors going along and oh. they're just basically shaping no. it, aren't they? No, shaping the outside. Right. So it's not like that. Well, um, you probably start with a hedge that's 30, 40, 50 years old. Right. Sometimes 100 years old. Okay. Say 30, 40 years, it'll be as much as 20 feet high. Yeah. And you go in the bottom. And nowadays we use chainsaw. Years ago we used to use a hedge, a hedging axe. Right. With a chainsaw, you drop in about, um, say, 8 to 10 inches above the ground and you cut it at an angle till it's, there's about a third left. You get your energy into it and you yeah. pull it down, yeah. pull all the branches out at the top and pull them down gently and try and lay them into the hedge at just a, just a nice angle. You want to be almost upright, but slight angle to the back yeah. and keep as much on the back as you can because that is usually where the stock are and the back needs to be as thick and as tight as you can get it. That yeah. stops the sheep biting into it and okay. the cattle pulling it to bits. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to keep it full. Once your binders are on, you're going to stop the cattle shoving their heads under that and lifting the binders off, because yeah. that's what they do. So the, the aim of it is to make a, 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 an animal-proof yeah. barrier, basically. Animal-proof barrier, yeah. 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 After you've cut the stems, laid them over to, to mm. form the shape of the hedge, if you like, yeah. what comes next? Right. You trim it all out and get it as neat as you can, obviously. Yeah. It'll depend on whether you're doing just for yourself, for stock-proof, if you are, you don't need to trim it so much because yeah. the more you leave on, the better. The better, yeah. But you need to be able to get to bind it, stake and bind it. And, and as you go along, you put a stake in, a nice thin straight stake. And that's cut, an, like an upright. Yeah, yeah, cut from hazel or even out of the hedge. And you put them in at about 18 inches, roughly. Apart. Yeah, this yeah. will depend. You really need your binders there before you start and then you can see what your binders are like because some binders are very thick are very strong yeah and in that case you've got to put your stakes a little tiny bit wider okay otherwise you cannot bend your binders around again. okay the binders are long straight uh, willow or hazel yeah if you've got long straight hazels about 13 14 foot long yeah they're brilliant and what do you what do you do with those and then you put them in behind the stake every yeah. every alternate stake you start off with two and twist them together yeah and you put two more and twist them together and then you've started okay. so when you look at a hedge that's laid in a traditional way that's the, the bit that looks like a almost a plait across the top isn't it that's holds it. it all together yeah okay hedge laying is about so much more than simple aesthetics jim explained what's what's the advantage do you think of laying a hedge in this way as opposed to say going along with your tractor and oh uh, cutting it all off when you get a hedge that's 30 years old, it becomes gappy in the bottom. Right. And then you've either got to net it both sides to stop sheep or yeah. any animals. And then it's not so good for wildlife because it's, it, they're losing their passage, you see. Okay. Because it's all grown up and there's no cover. Right. It's all thin stems. So if you lay it, then that starts to grow from the bottom again, probably four or five from each stem where there was only one before. Yeah. And it thickens up... And um, they've got a lovely passage from one field to the other, completely covered, yeah. and they're happy. So it's better for the, the ecology of the wildlife. Oh, absolutely, yes. It? All a mechanical hedge trimmer does is beautify it for one year. Mm. It doesn't 
serve any useful purpose for the plant. No. Is it something you can do at any time of the year, hedge laying? No. Um, mainly between the end of September and the end of March. We are officially allowed to go to the end of April, which we've had to this year, because it's been a bad winter. But it's usually best to stop at the end of March, because by then the new sap is coming up. And if you keep laying, it, when you bend the stem over, it breaks the bark at the back of the stem at an angle like that, and then the sap can't run, and then that, that stem can then die. Right. Trimming with a mechanical trimmer has to stop at the end of February. And even in April, you're supposed to be on a hedge that you can see if there's any nesting birds. Okay. And if then you do, you leave them. Gillian has only recently started to learn how to lay hedge. I was interested to find out more. I've always tried to lay a bit of hedge every year for the maintenance of the farm. Um, and so I thought, it's a, I think it's a real art and it's a beautiful thing to see. So I started to take an interest and, and started to get a little bit involved. And how, how are you finding it? It's incredibly hard work. I have great respect for Jim. <laughs> the physicality of it, when you are wrestling large thorn bushes to try and get them to... To just to, apart. Yeah. <laughs> so you just, you just mentioned the, uh, the national competitions. Yes. Um, and you've been involved yourself, I think, with some yes, judging. Yes, yes, yes. I've um, judged several times. Prince Charles has a, has a home uh, competition on his own land okay. every year. And I've judged down there a couple of times. Lovely, actually, because they feed you well as well. That was nice. <laughs> don't, pay, don't pay anything, but they feed you well. So these um, these national competitions must be bringing on new talent. There's normally a hundred or more competitors right. at, at the national. And are younger people getting involved? Yes, I've taught quite a few people to to lay, but I find with the young youngish people, they really would be rather on a tractor with the headphones on. But if you get somebody that's just probably just retired or going to retire, yes, they really go into it. Yeah, and. Um, they make good age layer. What challenges do you think um, custodians of the countryside are facing? Well, the ash dieback yeah. is a big problem. I've got it badly in here. Yeah. And it is going to... It's getting going all over the country now. Is this something you've experienced as well on your farm, mm. Julian? We have a huge amount. Mm. Yeah. Um, it will decimate the countryside, certainly in, in Leicestershire, mm. because pretty much all of our hedgerow trees, if you look at hedgerow trees... I would guess 90% of them are ash. Mm. And if we lose the ash trees, I think it's a really under-discussed issue mm. because it will make such a massive dent in, in what our countryside looks like. I planted this woodland round here 21 years ago and when I bought the whips, as we call them, the smaller, yeah. they were all imported trees, <laughs> all imported ash. And unfortunately... The first ash to go in this woodland were the imported ash. Right. They've imported the disease again, like they did with the Duchel, with the Duchel like yeah. they are doing with the oak. Yeah. It's um, a massive problem for us because, mm. on one hand, the government says, "Oh, you know, we must plant lots of trees," which, you know, Jim and I would agree with. It's yeah. great to have more trees. We mm. don't argue with that. However, we should be having our homegrown trees. We shouldn't yeah. be importing the whips. Mm. We're importing the whips, we're importing the diseases. Mm. So yeah. the, the solution, the way forward, is is to grow our own stock and not import it, by yeah. the sound of it. It is, absolutely, because yeah. ash grows like mustard and cress. Yeah. They yeah. grow everywhere. Yeah.
It's clear this land, these fields, the hedgerows and the woodland are a part of Jim and that he too is a part of them. They support him spiritually and financially. In return, he takes seriously his custodianship, his responsibility to preserve the environment for the people and wildlife they support. How does it make you feel being out in the countryside? Oh, crikey. It lifts your spirits. Because you look around and you probably see a old brown air hopping down the field. And, and then you see a jaybird fly over, you know, pretty blue tits and great tits and things like that. It seemed to be multiplying well. You never still saw many a few years ago, but now uh, yeah, they're good, you know, it's getting good. The countryside is definitely more than just a job for you. Oh yes. Being out in the in the in, in the countryside and in the in the woodland and doing that. A cut cut a hedge that's hundred years old probably or even more. You come along and you start laying it and you make a good boundary edge, you know, stock fence. And then in, t in 12 months' time, you've got a lovely edge where birds can build nests and they've got protection for the, for the uh, animals to run along the bottom and, and, and commute to other fields, you know. So you've taken an old edge that was useless and made it into a brand new, brand new usable hedge and, and, and it looks good. When you finish and have a look round and you think, well, yeah, it ain't too bad, like, you know. <laughs> We've left Jim working in his field and we're heading back across country towards Lawnd. The network of footpaths that we've got are brilliant and it's such a fantastic resource. We're so resource. fortunate, aren't we? I mean, really fortunate. I, I, it's clear, isn't it, during the pandemic there's a lot of people have um, discovered this resource that maybe not have used it before. Lund Abbey is happy to welcome well-behaved dogs to its outdoor seating area, so Buzz enjoyed a bowl of water while Gillian and I finished off the perfect afternoon with a delicious cream tea. Back at Lund Abbey and uh, we're all having a well-deserved drink. Okay. Our yes, pop of tea's tea. arrived. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you.